for the grace of God. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and go to prayer. Father, this morning, Lord, we just come to you. Lord, thankful for your grace, thankful for your mercy, your mercy that endureth to the end. Lord, as the scripture says, your mercies are new every morning. and We have a new morning, therefore there's new mercies. This morning, we ask that you would just be merciful in our this service, Father, that you'd speak to our hearts, you'd touch our lives, Lord, that you'd minister to our needs and situations in our lives. Lord, we just ask that you would just come on the scene. You'd save the lost, you'd heal the sick. Lord, the needs that were read across this desk just a few moments ago, that you'd begin to meet each and every one of them, we pray. Lord, the sick among us, Lord, the hearts that are wayward from you, Father, you begin to move and touch as only you can. Lord, we just commit this service in your hands, everything that would be said and done. Lord, we want to be pleasing to you. And we ask, Father, there be anything that we have done that you'd forgive us, you'd wash us by your blood. Lord, you just give us a... Lord, if we haven't received the Holy Ghost, that you would pour your Holy Ghost into us, Lord. Lord, if we have, Lord, there's one filling, but many refillings. And Lord, may we just have a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Lord, but whatever, we want you to have your way and you to move in our hearts and our lives. We ask you to be with the ministry that's out, Lord, today, ministering the way. And Brother Aaron, Brother Tim, Brother Craig. You would be with them, Father. Give them the words, we pray. Lord, just speak, my Lord. Lord, may we hear what you have to say. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's, we've got several places to read from this morning. Amen. From John chapter 8 and also chapter 10. Also 1 Samuel 3. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord and together, together with each other, but most of all with him. Amen. And be in the atmosphere that he can do great things. Amen. 
John chapter 8 and verse, just want to read verse 47. It says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Also, John chapter 10 and verse 27. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. Also, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of the God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I began, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. For his sons make themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay unto the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, more also, and more also if thou hide anything from me, all of the things which he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every wit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. Amen. We'll let you be seated this morning. I'd like to speak to you on ears to hear. We spoke last time on the eyes to see. Amen. And as we spoke about the eyes to see, you know, we want to realize, as it were, it's more than just our natural eyesight. You know, it's more than what we can see with our natural eyes. It's more 
and what we can see even here this morning. I, I believe if you're a real Christian, you didn't come here this morning just to see, you know, some walls and a piano and an organ, a pulpit, uh, pews or people, but you came to see God. You came to see something that is unseen to the natural eye. And I believe that's the way it is with the ears. You know, we'll get into it. But if you read in the book of Revelations, as he spoke to every church age, he would end it. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. And, you know, it's more than what just a man is speaking or a man's ability. It goes beyond a man's ability. It goes beyond what a man can say or a man can conjure up in his own intellect or his own thoughts and, and speak words. But there is someone that is speaking in our generation. It's more than just a man. It's more than just a Kentucky preacher. It's more than just a minister. It's more than that. But there is a spirit that is speaking in this age because he promised that he would speak. Amen. And, and, I, and so, you know, as Samuel was, as he began to learn the things of God and begin to learn the, the ways of God as he was dedicated to the house of God in a supernatural way, you know, as a, even born in, in a, under a supernatural birth, a woman who couldn't have a child and was given a child there. And, you know, I actually had the opportunity to stand in that very same place as, as the scripture that we read this morning. They found now the archaeological digs and the proof of where the tabernacle was there. And in um, the place that they kept it. And, and you know, uh, I was able to stand there and be in that place where Samuel heard the voice of God for the first time. And, and you know, at that time, he didn't realize who it was. As we read, he thought it was Eli that was speaking. And, you know, and, and Brother Branham takes from this and he, he begins to preach a message of the voice of God in the last days. And, and, he, and he, see, he begins to talk about how that the church, you know, is, is coming to the place that they really don't know what the voice of God is anymore. They, they, they hear all kinds of other voices. And in this world, you know, the world that we live in, there's all kinds of voices. There's voices of politics. There's voices of uh, Hollywood. There's voices of social media. There's every kind of voice and those voices are directly designed to drown out the true voice of God. And Satan has designed it in the age that we're living in that it's so clouded because he wants to try to cloud out the voice of the spirit that is speaking in this day. But there is a people that, that is not tuned in to all those other voices. Amen. But they're tuned into one voice, and that is the voice of God. And, and, and you know, and I, I love how the scripture said that once Samuel realized who was truly speaking, that it wasn't Eli or it wasn't someone else in the temple, but it was God that was speaking to him. And as it began to grow and it began to realize the Lord, God's voice and it began to listen to God's voice and it began to hear God's voice, he didn't let not one word fall to the ground that God spoke. And I believe there's that class of people here on the face of the earth today, amen, that, 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 that have become in tune with the voice of God that is speaking in this hour, that hear what God is speaking and they, they realize there's a voice that is speaking and I, I must hear what that voice is saying. Amen. And if that voice says something
something that hurts and it says something that maybe, uh, you know, tears at me a little bit. But if it's the voice of God, don't let it fall to the ground. Amen. If there's a promise that is speaking in this day, don't let that voice, that promise fall to the ground. But grab a hold of that promise. Amen. Grab a hold of it. You know, Brother Randall said the voice of God is becoming so dim. He said it's very doubtful that many can even hear the voice of God, though it may be spoke right in their very midst. I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to be a person that can hear, that can understand what the Spirit is speaking. Amen. He said they have got themselves so much centered on the voices of the day. He said, notice, he said that the voice of God was foreign to them. It says, you know, there was no, no uh, 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 open vision and the, the words of God was precious. In other words, it was something that wasn't very readily available. It wasn't, you know, as gold is called precious. You know, it's something that you don't find every day. You don't see it just on the side of the road or as you walk down the trail there's a piece of gold here no it's something that's very rare it's very precious and 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 in this day that Samuel lived in the voice of God was very rare it was a precious thing to hear from God and and Samuel amen you know heard from these things and he heard what God was going to do and he and, and he began to speak what God had said and you know there's so many voices in the earth today that's absolutely hard to understand it absolutely Absolutely deadens the voice of the supernatural. Amen. Even in a service, there's so many voices that's going through our head and thoughts and things that we're hearing. Amen. It deadens the effect of this supernatural realm in our midst. Amen. It deadens the voice of God that is crying out night after night. You know, people can hear that God saves them, but there's so many other voices in their, in their hearts or their minds that, that says that it's not for them or it's for somebody else or it's for another time or it's for another day that it very very much deadens the effect of that voice that if they would allow God to speak to them and they'd open up their hearts to receive, then that voice could change their lives. But, it, but they're so caught up with other voices and we're not careful. We come to the house of God and our thoughts and our minds and our things are so caught up in the voices of the hour. And you know, you know, people get so caught up in things on the a, on a social medias and, and the social media platform and, and, and they get so caught up in what's going on here and what's going on there and what's happening over there that they very much miss what God is trying to do right here among them. What God is speaking even to their own heart. Amen. See, God was coming to speak to a specific person. He was coming to speak to Samuel because he knew there was somebody there that could hear the voice of God. And I believe he's looking for that kind of person today. Somebody that'll tune out every other voice that maybe you mistook his voice for something else, but you want to lay it all aside side and you want to say, God, I want to tune into what you are saying to me. Amen. 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 The, the voice of God, you know, they say, well, how will we know the voice of God? How, brother Timothy, how can I know what the true voice of God is? Amen. The true voice of God, it only brings back the real living supernatural God. A true voice of God will only bring back the true living supernatural God with a supernatural word, with a supernatural manifestation of that word, and then we will know the real voice of God. If that voice of God is pointing to a God that is now, amen, and not a God as a dead God or a God of history, but if that voice is saying, I am a God, I am that I am. I am now the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Amen. There's so much other realms and some things out there that deaden. People have deadened themselves out to where they can't even believe in a God who can heal no more. They've deadened themselves out to church theology and voices of church theology to where they don't even believe that God still saves, that God still heals, God still delivers. Amen. But amen, the same voice is yet speaking today. But you know, in the day that we're living in, it's even more and it's uh, at our fingertips more. You know, used to all we had to rely on was a newspaper that maybe came once a week or you might have got once a day. But now it's every moment. It's instantaneously. It's, it's just right now you can hear the voices. And there's a lot of evil voices out there. Amen. You know, I, I just read an innocent article about of a woman who, who was finding out things in her own life as a Christian article. And you, but good in the land, you don't want to go to the people who wants to really tell what they really think. You understand what I'm saying? Somehow people get behind a keyboard and they, they got a voice. It gives people a voice. And they get behind a keyboard and they begin to release their really, what's the intents of their heart. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, people won't really tell you what they think. There are some that can, but most people won't. There's most people won't tell, but if you let them get behind something where they can hide a little bit, they'll throw it out there. You know, they'll, they'll put it right out there and they'll just lay it right out. There's all kinds of voices and they're evil voices. Amen. But it's been designed, even the voice of politics today is actually stronger than it's ever been. You know, to where people don't even know what to think. They don't know which way's up, which way's down. What's real news, what's false news, what's fake news. Nobody knows what to think no more. People are actually going totally insane. I mean, uh, to where they're coming up with things that, that just has no, uh, just no sense to it. There's, uh, there's nothing that you can stand upon. There's nothing that you can hold. There's nothing. And it's just voices that are being pushed out and voices that are being spoken, voices that are screaming and voices. I got to, you know, everybody wants their voice heard. We're living in a time people want to be heard. They, they want their voice heard. Well, listen, we ought to be saying, God, I want to hear your voice. Amen. You know, it's not about us hearing our voice and our opinions and what we have to say. But God, I want to hear what you have to say. If people could get back to what the Spirit is speaking, amen, their mind would return to them. But the voice of God is so strong, the voice of politics and, and things and the voice of this world is so strong and the people have sold in their Christian birthrights out for popularity, for political power. And it's a shame. The, the very same thing that our nation was made from and ter- built upon, people turned right back around and voted it all away and left it. You know, because they want their voice. They, they want to be heard. You know, every evil thing is wanting his voice. And it's using man. Come on now. It's using man. Everything is wanting his voice. The very same thing we fought so hard to come out of, we're going right back into it. Amen. Because the Bible speaks it would be that way. Amen. The same thing Eli, he had tried to pull him out and he went right back into it. He said, see, it's a church. Now, he said, not only is it a voice of worldlyism or voice of, he said, but there's even the voice of churches. We, we got more in our church than you've got. We got greater church than you have. We, we're greater denominations. 
foundation than you are. We're greater. We're bigger. You see the kind of voice that people are trained for in the street. They go out and get people and bring them tens of thousands, times thousands, great campaigns. What are their interests? We got the biggest church. We got the highest member. We got the mayor in our city. We may, it might be all good, but if that same church isn't trained to the voice of God, what good does it do? Amen. When that thing rises, amen, that church begins to sound, but it begins to sound something of prosperity or, or intellectualism or it begins to speak of something of a political movement. It proved that it overrode the voice of God and it begins to say something God didn't say. And it's no longer a gospel voice, but it's turned to be the voices of man. But God promised in this hour that the Spirit would speak. Amen. He promised that, that there would be a true voice. Sure, there's plenty of false voices. There's all kinds of them. And no doubt this week you've been consumed with false voices. But there is a true voice. There is a something that the Spirit is speaking. And sure, there's a voice of politics. There's a voice of America. There's a voice of the left. There's a voice of the right. There's a voice of the Hollywood. There's a voice of the world. But, but there's all kinds of voices. But there is a true voice of God. Amen. But the only one's going to hear it who has received the Spirit. Yeah. We'll get into that. Who has here heard the spirit of the voice? Adam heard his voice, heard God's voice in the cool of the evening, and he had fellowship with him. Adam, under with no condemnation, he heard the voice of God. He would lay down, and even his arm, the lion, the tiger, the wild beast laid around him. There was no harm, no one getting sick, no way of wondering if he'd wake up in the morning or not. Adam heard his voice in the way he ought to have heard it, God's voice. But one day, he began to listen to another voice. And we know it was the voice of his wife who had turned and began to listen to the voice of the serpent. And the serpent bit her, and we know the things that had taken place that caused the fall. And, and he said, but see what happens when you listen to the wrong voice. Amen. It calls you to go into a fall. It causes you to go into a tumble when you're listening to the wrong voices. I mean, you wonder why people are so nervous and so tore up and, and don't know what's going on because they've been listening to the wrong voice. But if you listen to the voice of God, his voice said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. His voice says, I'm coming back for you. There's nothing there to be nervous or tore up about. But it's when we begin to listen to the wrong voices. You know, it was when the Syrians came against the king of Israel and the prophets, the voices, there's voices that rose up and said, go on out. You know, they belong to you. Take it. That's your prop. That's yours. Go, go. There was another king that says, is there not another voice? Is there not one of God here? Amen. See, there had to be somebody, a voice. Amen. A vision. Something that could speak. Amen. Something that could go back to the word again. 
Amen. Something that wasn't hinging on some man's ideas or some man's theology or somebody's belief system, but it was turning right back to the word again. That's what the voice of God will do. It will not take you to some man's thoughts or thinking. It'll take you right back to the word again. It was like as, Mo, as Noah, he heard the voice of God. You know, when the true voice comes, those that are not spiritual, it becomes so confusing to them. You know, and, and to me, the, the natural things are confusing to the spiritual man. And it's exactly the opposite with the other than with a natural man, the supernatural is very confusing. You know, the voice of God is so, is so, so rare that they don't know what to do with it when it speaks. You know, Samuel, living in the time that he heard the voice, something struck in his heart. It was something that deep that called it to the deep. There was something that was a response to that voice. You know, at first he mistook it for Eli, but, you know, but once he realized what it was there and he heard the vision and the responsibility he had to tell Eli and all these things, and it so, so caught him to where, as we read the scripture says, as he grew, he didn't let one word fall to the ground. He didn't let one thing fall. He didn't let one service go by without grabbing a hold of it. Amen. He didn't, he didn't let one tape be played to where he wasn't listening to it and saying, that's God's voice. That, that's God's ministry to me. That, I, there's, that's the service I can be in. That's God's voice. That's God speaking to me. Amen. Amen. He got away from all those other voices. He turned away from all those other things. You know, you've, you've, today suicide is to such a place, you know, what's causing a lot of suicide in young people is because of the voices that they're hearing, even on social media, they call it cyberbullying. Amen. Voices they begin to listen to that you're not worth nothing, that you're worthless trash or this or that and the other. And voices that so consume them that that becomes a true voice. But there's only a one true voice and that true voice brings you back to the word of God. And that true voice tells you you are a son of God you are a daughter of God you didn't never belong to the devil amen there's a voice speaking in this day hallelujah it's only just started we're at 1110 amen <laughs> it's early praise be to God Amen. Deacons come back and said they didn't set it back on or set it forward on purpose. So we got plenty of time this morning. So if you want to know what time it is, look at that clock right there. Amen. There's a voice. Sometimes we become agitated while we're on this subject. God wants to speak. And God is speaking and God is moving. And God is, but we're so in tune with other voices. To where we can't even hardly sometimes, you know, I even find it myself that, you know, you become in tune with a voice of tomorrow or, or a voice of yesterday or, or a voice of things that you got going on. It begins to speak to you in your head and, and you get so consumed and so irritated, agitated sometimes like, man, why? Oh, I, I, got, I, got, I got to go on. You know, it's, my goodness, it's Wednesday night, it's 930, don't even know we got a church, don't even know we got work in the morning or this, that and the other. And we're so in tune with other voices that we miss God. God's voice. 
And there's really only one important voice, only one voice that matters. Because sooner or later, all these other voices are going to be gone. Hallelujah. These other voices are trying to get a part of your mind and a piece of it and a place there and put a little flag and say, I belong here and I'm this and I'm that. And you need to, you need to attend to me and you need to, you need to listen to me and you need to go where I'm telling you. There's, all those one day are going to die out. Oh, I'm so thankful that one day there'll be a last mind battle. Hallelujah. But there'll be one voice. One voice that has speak because all the others have been hushed up for eternity. Amen. You know, it was a voice one day as we heard last Wednesday night come to a grave of a man that had been four days dead. But this voice spoke. And a man that was somewhere journeying off into the spiritual world Heard it. You know, brother, brother Timothy, does God do that still yet today? Yeah, he does. You remember hearing that voice? It was the same voice of the resurrection. You were somewhere for 40 years maybe, whatever, 30 years, 100, whatever. I don't know how many years you was out there wandering away some, some kind of realm somewhere, dead in your sins and trespasses. But there was a voice that spoke. And it screamed out. It was the line. It screamed out. And when that voice spoke, it hushed all the other ones. It hushed the voice of cigarettes and drugs and alcohol. It hushed them all. Hey, man, there's a people here that can be led by the Spirit of God, the voice of God. You know, I was put on to a testimony of a man. His name, I believe, is... I believe it was Ger- Gerald Cleveland, I believe. Brother Craig had told me about it. I went and listened to it. Incredible testimony. I'd say go listen to it. It's, it's just amazing. Tells of his own life, of him being dead and sins and trespasses. And he had, he had served in World War II and, and how that he gave his heart to the Lord in a, a foxhole and bullets flying all over him. said, Lord, if you'll get me out of here, I'll serve you the rest of my days. And God got him out of there and he forgot all about it. He said, but his, his, I think, I believe it was his aunt or somebody wanted him, to take her, wanted, wanted him to take her to a meeting. And it was this little Pentecostal preacher that was preaching. He said, he'd come down to the end of it. And he said, he whirled around and pointed right at him. said, you boys, some of you gave your heart to the Lord in a foxhole. And you said, if God would give you, get you through it, you would serve him. You done forgot all about it. He said, that's all it took for me. He said, I was down at that altar. And he said, I gave my heart to God and I never took it back. But he began to testify of the things in his life, of how God led him and led him to the message of the hour. And he began to go to different meetings of Brother Branham. He said, Brother Branham was, I believe it was in Greenville, South Carolina, or somewhere around South Carolina. He lived in Anderson. But anyway, he was there. And and he said he went to one of the meetings, and he said, I just began to hear God speak. And he said, I knew it was more than just a man's voice. You know, it's more than, than just, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, just, just, a, just a, a Kentucky preacher. He said, but God, I begin to see the signs of the Messiah. 
I began to see God move and do things I had never seen before. And he said he was sitting there at the end of one of Brother Branham's sermons, and he could come down to the end of their sermon. He said as he was going through the discernment, he was rocking back, and he said he began, Billy Paul came up and began to take him off. He said as he was walking off, he began to point at this one. He says, you're healed. And there was a whole bunch of cots laying down there. He said, you're healed. Get up. You're healed. You're healed. And as he began to scream out, they began to jump up off the cots and begin to worship God. And he said, I looked, and he said, I seen this woman. I said, I saw him point to her and say she's healed. And he said, I saw this woman just sitting there. He said, so I walked down, and I walked down to her after it was all over. And he said, I looked at her. I said, sister, didn't you hear him say you're healed? She said, he did. He said, yeah, he said, you're healed. She said, well, praise God. She throwed off the stuff and got up and began to run around that building praising God. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you not hear the word of God speaking? Sometimes the word of God can speak and say, you're healed, you're delivered, you're set free, and it goes right over your head because you maybe had your mind on some other voice, but that voice still spoke. Hallelujah. And that voice of God is speaking this morning. Hallelujah. And when you realize that voice spoke to me. Praise be to God. Amen. You know, talking about Lazarus being four days dead. He tells of another testimony. I believe it was his pastor. His own pastor that began to lose his mind and go into Alzheimer's. Said he began to strip off his, he said it was a godly man. He said, but he just lost his mind. Said he began just couldn't keep clothes on him. He just strip him off and say things, just ungodly stuff. And he said, you know, just lost himself. And he said, but one day he was sitting there in his chair and he began to say, somebody take me to Greenville. Somebody take me to Greenville. And they, you know, his family just thought, well, you know, it's just him. He's out of his mind. You know, he just kept saying, somebody take me to Greenville. Somebody take me to Greenville. Nobody paid no attention to him until they had a nephew, I believe it was, drove up, and, and he heard him say it, and he, says, and he said, the nephew called him, I believe, Pop or something like that, and he said, Pop, you want to go to Greenville? He said, yeah, somebody take me to Greenville. He said, well, I'll take you to Greenville, get in the truck, but you got to get your clothes on. So he got his clothes, they got him, he's got his clothes on, got him in the car there. And he began to take him to Greenville and he just sat there looking just off in the, just out in the wild blue yonder. You could tell he wasn't there. And the man's just driving him, driving him to Greenville. And he come down to the downtown area of it. And the other two nephews had heard they was going, so they jumped in the truck by, and followed them in case something happened. You know, you don't know what's going to take place. It was about 30 miles or so maybe. Got down in downtown and he says, okay, Pop, come to a red light. He says, where now? He says, turn right. Okay, turn right. And, and it goes down a little ways and he said, by all the times the lefts and the rights, he said, and the lefts and rights, he said, I got totally lost. And he said, I pulled up to this red light and there was a policeman standing on the corner smoking a cigarette. So I rolled my window down. He said, I was going to ask him where exactly I was at. He said, oh, Pop, come to his mind. He said, begin to preach to him. Said, you, you policeman, you're supposed to be an example. You're supposed to be an example for these young people. Shame on you for standing on the street corner smoking a cigarette. Of all time for his mind to come back. He said, the nephew said, well, I was a little bit embarrassed. So I just rolled the window up and just went on down the road. 
Well, the policeman had told him about an armory around the building. He said, that's, and, and Pop said, let's go there. I don't remember exactly all the details. Go listen to it for yourself. But the basics of it, he said, he got to this building. He said, he pulled it in the parking lot. Pop, Pop just sat there. So about that time, here comes the truck with the other two nephews, and they pull in up across the parking lot from them, sitting there, and they got out of their car and out of the truck and just stood at the back of the tailgate, and they just sat there for a while, just wondering what's going to go on. You know, here's this man out of his mind. Man, all of a sudden, opens the door, gets out of the car, goes over and gets in the truck and sits in the front seat. A few minutes later, here comes a, a black car, drives up, open the door, Brother Branham gets out. He happened to be holding meetings there at that building. Opens the, opens the car, Brother Branham gets out, opens the door, gets in the truck with him, puts his arm around him and say, your brother so-and-so. You have your sick in your mind, but it's over now. God's healed you. Go home well. What was happening? What we thought of man, what they thought of man was out of his mind, was being led by the Spirit of God. And if God could lead a man that's totally lost his mind, how much more could he lead a son and daughter of God? Hallelujah. They said that man went home. He grabbed his Bible. He got up before his people and said, people, I've been sick. I lost my mind. I want to apologize for everything that I've done. I'm sorry, but I'm healed now. Woo! Glory to God in the highest. He's still the same God today. His voice is still speaking. His voice is still hollering. Him that hath an ear, let him hear. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you were out of your mind, but the voice of God, you was out of your heart. You was out of your soul. You was out of your what you was called to be. But the voice of God began to call on you. Go to a certain church. Do a certain thing. Be in a certain place. And God speaks. Hallelujah. It's the same voice that says, Lazarus, come forth. It's the same voice that's speaking today. It's the same voice of resurrection. And if it's the same voice of resurrection, it'll do what that voice did. That voice called a man four days dead from the grave and brought him back to life again. This voice is calling out. Come ye that are heavy laden. I will give you rest. The voice of God in the last days. So you're going to hear the voice of God sometime. It may be ever so faint. But when it speaks to your heart, he says, you need to turn away from what you're doing. Hello, somebody. (laughs) Turn away from where you're going. Get back to God. Romans 10 and verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Or how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they not hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, your faith is is ignited when you hear that word. But it can only be ignited if it's the word of God. Intellectualism don't ignite me. Psychology doesn't do nothing for me. Because that is not the voice of God. But the voice of God takes you back to a supernatural God with supernatural signs and supernatural wonders and supernatural beings. Now, we're going to go through some of the church age because as we said at the beginning, every age had this same statement. To him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So in every age, who was speaking? Hello. Who was speaking? God was speaking. But yet, in every age, there was a warning. There was the warning to those who wasn't following the voice of God. And there was reward to those who was following the voice of God. Amen. So in every age, you read in Revelations chapter 2 all the way down to chapter 3. Every age. There's, there's two, there's two, there's a false and a true church in every age. You can see it. He's talking to the false. He's telling them where he talked about in the Ephesians church age. You've lost your first love. You've left it. But then he turns around, but to him that overcometh every age. He says, so in the Samaritan age, I'll just pick it up in this one. He says, when God is silent, we better be silent. So we don't just speak just because we want to speak. I know that goes and gets a lot of y'all's, um, some of y'all's intuition or your makeup. Well, I just got to say something. Well, is it truly God saying it? He says that when God is silent, we better be silent. But when he has spoken, we better speak too. And say what he has already said. He He told us the evidence of what would happen after being baptized with the Holy Ghost was that we would have the teacher come and teach us all truth. But the teacher was an inside teacher. Not the intellectuals of a man. People get the idea of teaching that, you know, a man's better get together and put scriptures and this, that, and together and give some intellectual theory. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the inside teacher. Not an outside teacher. If the spirit wasn't inside, you wouldn't hear the truth and receive it by revelation if you heard it every moment of the day. Did you hear that? I read, that's where I'm going to read that one again. If the spirit isn't inside of you, You can hear the truth. You cannot hear the truth and receive it by revelation if you heard it every moment of the day. That's a sign of the indwelling spirit in the day of Paul. Those who were filled with the Holy Ghost heard the word, received it, and lived it. Amen. So it ain't just about hearing it. But it's receiving it and then living it. Amen. Brother Brandon would preach hearing, recognizing, and acting. 
Amen. Hearing it, it's one thing to just hear. You can hear, 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 hear. And if all that you do, if that's as far as you get is hear, all you get is intellectual knowledge. Stack it all up here. But then it's got to be received into the heart and then act upon it. Amen. You can have all the knowledge of the bride and all the knowledge of the rapture and all the knowledge of that, but if you hadn't received it, you're not going to be it. Amen. Amen. In every age, every age is the age of the Holy Ghost for the true believer. I say in every age, the evidence is the same. Those who had the spirit, the teacher, heard the word, and that spirit in them took the word and revealed it to them, taught it to them, and they were of the group that heard the messenger and his message and took it and lived it. Amen. The seven ages are set forth in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Take the whole span of the fullness of the Gentiles, the whole time in which God is dealing with the Gentiles and salvation. And every single age, bar none, and every, it says the very same thing in the opening and closing the message to each age. Under the message of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. These things saith he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says saith in the churches. Notice that Jesus in every age addresses himself as the only one person relative to the word for that age. So it's not dependent upon a man, it's upon him. Amen, Amen. it's upon him. Only one messenger for each age receives the Spirit has to say in that age, and that one messenger is a messenger to the true church. He speaks for God by revelation to the church, both true and false. The message, so in other words, the messenger comes, the revelation is to the true church. The indictment is to the false church. Amen. The indictment, you've left your first love. You're lukewarm, cold, formless, all these things. That's the indictment to the false church. But there is a true church in Laodicea. Don't tell me there ain't. He said to him that overcometh. Who is that? To him that overcometh is him that can hear what the Spirit saith. Not what some man can conjure up by picking this quote and picking that quote and picking this quote and putting it somewhere off somewhere else somewhere. People are coming up with all kind of crazy ideas. I choose to listen to what the Spirit says. Not what some intellectual teacher says. I want the inside teacher. Each individual of that group is one who has the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying by way of the messenger. Oh, yeah. Those who hear are not getting their own private revelation, nor is a group getting their own collective revelation. Each person is hearing and receiving what the messenger has already received from God. Well, Brother Timothy, we're supposed to read between the lines. I'm okay with reading between the lines as long as it's agreeing with what's on the line. But if it ain't agreeing with what's on the line, you can take your between the lines and do whatever you want to with it. I ain't going there. I'm going to listen to what the Spirit says. He said, in every age, we have exactly the same pattern. 
That is why the light comes through some the God-given messenger in that area, and then from that messenger there spreads a light to the ministry of others who have been faithfully taught. Did you hear that? Faithfully taught, just as Paul just said. But of, the, of course, all of those who go out don't always learn how necessary, somebody say necessary, to speak only, and that's capitalized if you want to go read it, O-N-L-Y, only what the messenger has spoken. Remember, Paul warned the people to say only what he said. Only what he said. 1 Corinthians 4.13 said, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you, that they are the commandments of the Lord. What came the word of God out from you, or came unto you only? But they add here, take away here. Soon the message is no longer pure. The revival is dying down. How careful we must be to hear one voice. For the Spirit has but one voice, which is the voice of God. Paul warned and said, he, he said, and say, it said so, and even as Peter did likewise, he warned them that even he, Paul, could not change one word that was given by revelation. How important it is to hear the word of God by the way of his messengers and then say what has been given to them to say to the churches. He goes on, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith in the churches of each age. In every age it was the same cry, hear what the Spirit says. Hear what the Spirit says. Hear what the Spirit says. If you're a Christian, you will get back to what the Spirit is saying. Amen. What the Spirit is teaching is the word of this age. Every messenger to every age will preach that word. Every fresh and true revival will be because man has gotten back to the word for their age. The cry of every age is the rebuke. You've left the word of God. Repent. Come back to the word of God. From the first book in the Bible, Genesis, to the last book, Revelation, there's only one reason for God's displeasure. That's leaving the word. And there's only one remedy to it is get back to the word again. In the Ephesian age and in this age, in every age, we contemplate, as we, as we contemplate, we'll see that this is true. And in the last age, which is our age, Hello, somebody. And the last age, which is our age. And in what I read out of the church age book, the last age is the Laodicean church age. And the last age, which is our age, we will find the blackout of the word and the complete apostasy ending. Where? Ending in the great tribulation. If you're a true seed, if you're truly baptized with the Holy Ghost, you will esteem his word. In other words, what he speaks, what he's saying, what God is saying. He said, you'll esteem that greater than your necessary meat. It'll be more worth to you than the food you eat on your table. And you'll yearn to live by every word. Somebody say every word. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. <laughs> this is my earnest prayer for all of us. May we hear what the Spirit is bringing from the Word today. Have you noticed in Revelation 22, verse 17, the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. 
See, the bride speaks the same word as does the spirit. In other words, the bride speaks the same word that the messenger spoke because he spoke what the spirit said. It's not rocket science. The Spirit gives the word. He has the truth for that age. And each age has its own elect. And that elect group has always heard the word and received it and proved they had the seed in them. As we read in John 8, 47, He that, hear, he that is of God heareth God's words. But he, therefore, ye hear them not because you're not of God. They refuse the word Jesus and his word for their day. But the true seed received the word because why? They were part of the word. They had the spirit of the word. They could receive it. It says in the scripture also, all thy children shall be taught of God. Jesus said the same thing in John 6, 45. He says, being one with the word proves whether ye are of God and spirit-filled. No other criteria. In the Philadelphian age, he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Every age ends with the same warning. Why would he call it a warning? Because there's people that's moving away from the voice of God. Oh, we can say things the prophet didn't say. That ain't the voice of God. No, 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 no. We can't. That's not how he says. He says they will be the last voice under their messenger. The final voice to the final mage under their messenger. Saying what he said. Living what he preached. Why? Because it came from the Spirit of God. Now, speaking about the Philadelphian church age, he said, every age ends with the same warning. It is a constant plea that the churches listen to the voice of the Lord. In this age... The plea is even more insistent than the former ages. Talking about now this last age. It's even greater urgency because we're at the last age. The question would perhaps arise, if there is another age beyond this one, why the urgency? The answer lies herein. The last age will be a short one, a quick work of consummation. Not only is this so, but one who must always remember that the eyes of God's time is so very fleeting, a thousand years is but a day. And if he is coming within a few hours as he views time, then he surely must warn us with all urgency and his voice must continually sound in our hearts to be ready against that coming. There's so so many voices in the world, so many problems, so many needs crying for attention, but there never be a there will never be a voice so important and so worth attending as the voice of the Spirit, the voice of God. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Revelations three twenty two. Now the Laodicean age, he that hath an ear. Let him hear. All the way down. Skipping through some, but all the way down. This is the last warning. There will never be another. The throne room is set up. The 12 foundations have been laid. The streets of gold have been paved. The gates of the gigantic pearls are raised and hinged. 
like a pyramid, she stands so fair and glorious. The heavenly beings who have prepared her watch breathlessly, for she glistens and signs with a glory that is unearthly. Every facet of her beauty tells a story of amazing grace and Jesus' love. She's a city prepared for a prepared people. Amen. Woo! She's a city prepared for a prepared people. She awaits only her inhabitants, and soon they will throng her streets with joy. It is the last call. The Spirit will not speak in another age. The ages are over. At the end of this age, it's done. But thank God at this moment, this age is not over. Hallelujah. He is yet crying. And his cry is not only in the spiritual ears of men by his spirit. But once again, a prophet is in the land. Once more, God will reveal the truth as he did to Paul. In the days of the seventh messenger, in the days of the Laodicean age, this message will reveal the mysteries of God as revealed to Paul. He will speak out. And those who receive that prophet in his own name will receive the benefit, effect of that prophet's ministry. And they that hear him will be blessed you're blessed this morning they will be blessed and become a part of that bride of the last day who are mentioned in revelations 22 and verse 17 the spirit and the bride say come he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches the spirit has spoken the sun setting sun is about to fade into eternity then it'll be all over then it will be too late to come. When? At the end of the Laodicean church age. The bride goes up. The others go into a tribulation. He that is righteous shall be righteous still. He that is filthy shall be filthy still. But if somewhere God is dealing with you by his spirit... May you ever turn to him. Turn to him. Turn to that true voice. As we've been speaking, I don't know if you've heard it, but they've got, a, got that new outreach, missions outreach, is going on the podcast and things. Been speaking, there's 41,000, you can look it up, 41,000 different denominations. Every one of them has a different voice. Every one of them has their own ideas. What's right, what's wrong, what's, what can be acceptable, what can't be acceptable. And it's, it's ever-changing. Sister here was telling just last night of her bosses. Now they're all tore up in their Methodist church because they're having to vote on whether to receive a gay minister or not. It's ever-changing. Things they used to do, they don't do no more. Things they, don't, they wouldn't used to do, they now do. Why? Because their voices are changing. This voice will raise up and say, well, God don't feel that way no more. God don't, he's not that kind of God. He's an all-loving God, and he ain't going to send none of his children to hell. I agree, not one of his child will be in hell. Not one of them. Not one is going to, not one that's supposed to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to miss it. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Not one of them is going to go through a tribulation that, that have given their lives and been filled with the Spirit. It ain't going to happen. That's right. 
But somehow voices are changing and they're saying, well, what used to be wrong ain't wrong no more. What used to be right is, you know, everything's turning. It's turning from black and white as far as right and wrong and turning to gray where everything's right and everything's okay. Everything's acceptable. Just go as you are. God loves you anyhow. What is it? That is not God's voice. That is the voice of man changing the voice of God. But the voice of God is still speaking and saying what I said was wrong is still wrong. You know, it is us that change. You know, our, our, our things begin to melt away. You know, people, they, what they use, as Brother Branham said, you know, it ain't long to where they begin to do things they wouldn't used to do and they don't do things what they used to do. You know, you see, you see churches that, you know, uh, we, we heard it right there in that, where we had our family camp. That man that came there, he said, we used to have services just like this. What changed? God didn't change. What happened? Somebody changed the voice. Somebody turned it to say something that wasn't to be said or distorted it. And the channel between man and God got mixed with other things. And this became more important. And, you know, their aspirations to be this became more important. Well, we need greater teachers, so they send them to theology schools. We need this, and we need that. And boy, you know what? They're so far away. But there is a voice. There is a true voice. If there's 41,000 denominations, there has to be one that's true, somebody that's true. There has to be a true voice. The only way there can be a false dollar is there has to be a true dollar. Otherwise, what good would a false dollar be? You wouldn't, it, wouldn't help. it would look like a bunch of nothing because you had never seen But if you ever seen a true dollar, then they want to take it and they just twist it just a little bit. Just, just, it just takes just a little twist. But Wayne Lawson talked to me one day. Was out, well, actually, was out here shooting the lines for this church and trying to get it lined up with every, everything, you know. And, and he said, you know, he's, which to be honest with you, God bless Brother Wayne, but I ain't found anything that man ain't never done. As far as work, run a dozer. Yeah, I can run a dozer. Show, judge cows. Yeah, I've judged cows. Can you believe that? All kinds of things. Incredible. He said he used to work, I believe, on a, it was on a um, surveying crew. And he said, you know, you'd go out to survey a property and you have point A and point B. And you set your, you set your, or you're doing highways or whatever. And you set your line and it would, it would be set at a certain place and it had to be perfect. He said, because if that line was off just a fraction, just a fraction. By the time you got two miles down the road, you was way off in the ditch somewhere. And Paul knew how important it was. Nobody can come, not an angel, not myself, nobody can change what's been set. Because if it gets changed, and it got changed, there's men at the Nicene Council changed it. And they just turned it just a little bit to make it look a little better. And now we are 2,000 years down the road. How far is it off? So we got 41,000 denominations. And at one day, it was just one voice. Said straight is the way, narrow is the way that leadeth. 
this is the way you got to go. Follow this way. But man comes and twists it just a little bit. And it's, and people get down, how did we get here? Because you started off just a few fractions off. And now you're in a ditch. And even in this day, we've seen people take the vindicated message and twist it. To where they got in their churches now men that are defiling little girls and they're making excuses for them. How did they get there? Because a man twisted it. Turned it to easy believism. Psychology. Accept a, just accept a thought. Accept a dogma and you're saved. No, that's twisting it. And the next thing you know, you're reading Revelations. What happens? He says she's the cage of ever unclean and hateful bird. Ever unclean spirit. Why? Because a man got in there and turned the voice of God just a little bit. But the he that hath an ear, let him hear. Romans 8 and verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Oh, hallelujah. I want to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Brother Brandon would speak about this, and he said, you know, there was a man named Simeon that was in, the, in Jerusalem there as Mary came, and she came to bring Jesus. And she, he said, Brother Brandon brings it out so wonderfully. You can listen to us listening on the way here this morning in 59, led by the Spirit. And he talks about how Mary was coming up to offer the turtle dogs for a cleansing from having the child. And, and she's walking there holding this baby. He said, all the other babies, they was all dressed up beautifully and had knitted clothes. And, but here's this little woman. He said, I judge her to be about 18 years old. She comes walking up and she's got a little baby wrapped in some swaddling cloth and people were standing aside because she had a bad name on her. She, you know, she had illegitimate and this and that and the other. He, she said, but she would just look at that little baby and she'd just kind of pop him in the chin to see him smile because she knew what she was holding. She was holding the vindicated voice of the hour. Hallelujah. She was holding the angel had come to her and said, Behold, Mary, a handsmaid. And she knew what she had received. It didn't matter what the other voices said. It didn't matter what they had said. And they'd called her this and called her that and called her all kind of ugly names. But she had heard the voice of an angel. Oh, hallelujah. And sometimes if I want to call you emotional or holy roller or this or that and the other, just keep holding that vindicated life. Just keep holding that in your heart and say, God, I'm coming to you. I'm living for you. I heard the voice of God. I heard the voice of God speak directly to my life. I'm not listening to these other voices. I'm not listening to their discouragement. I'm not listening to their criticism. I'm listening to a vindicated voice. Hallelujah. So there was Simeon sitting there and the Spirit of God has spoke to him and said, you'll not die before you see the Messiah. He began to testify of that and began to tell it around. But he said something just tinkled on his heart. Something just moved a little bit on his heart. He said the God just spoke and said, you'll not die till you see the Messiah. And he said he was just sitting off in the corner. But the Spirit of God fell on him. He said he's here now. Hallelujah. Said he just rose up out of there and began to walk down there to where this little baby was. And began, what? He was led by another voice. 
Oh, is there anybody here that's sitting here this morning? There's a little tinkle going on in your heart. There's a little pulsation. There's something going. He's here now. God is moving in his people. God is vindicating himself. God is changing lives. God is healing the sick. God is raising the dead. God is doing mighty miracles. He's here now. People can call him what they want to call him. I know who he is because I met him for myself. They can say anything about the voice of God, but I know what it is. And I'll not let one of his words fall to the ground. But I'm going to accept every promise that he has for me. I'm going to accept every word he has for me. And I'm going to say, yes, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Hallelujah. Not only was there Simeon there, but there was blind Anna sitting over there blind. Couldn't see with her natural eyes. Something welled up in her. He's here. Begin to move her. She walked down there to see the promise that was given in that day. Maybe you was blind in your sins and trespasses. Something begin to whirl over your heart. Begin to call you. Say, he's right there. He's right there. All you got to do is touch the hem of his garment. Just reach out and touch him as he passes by. That's what it was. It was a voice that called to that woman as she was there with that blood issue. But she began, all these other voices were screaming and hollering and carrying on and, and saying, get back, get back. But all she could do, she couldn't even really get an audience with him to hear him speak to her as far as she could. All but she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, because he's here. And she touched it and it stopped heaven. And heaven turned around and said, who touched me? Peter said, what do you mean, master? Who touches all kind of people touching you? He said, no, I feel that virtue has left me. It was a different kind of touch. It It was a touch that had heard the word of God and the voice of God and reached out by faith. Faith comes by hearing. She didn't have eyes. She was blind. Maybe like that man out of his mind. But here he came down through that building, fell upon her. The Holy Spirit began to deal with the same one that led her, led you here today. He said, well, I just got out of my bed and come to church. That was the Holy Spirit leading you. Amen. It's the same one that led you here today. It's the same one that's still moving over speaking to sons and daughters of God. Led by the Spirit as she moved along, she came close to that baby, raised up her hands and blessed God. If the Holy Ghost could take an old blind woman in the corner and lead her to Christ, how much more can he lead you today? Led, moved, God working in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Brother Branham gives a personal testimony. You know the story. Being in Dallas, flying to Memphis. There was a big storm in there, and they had to land in Memphis. You know, this was before the days of the jets they got today. Old prop planes. Whew. I love, last, last rough, real rough ride I had was in a prop plane. 
come from Dallas to Shreveport. Them prop planes, they can't get up above the clouds and above the storms. They, they can only get so high, and they just have to fly right through the middle of them. Bags coming out everywhere with people. So I know what he's talking about. This is a storm. Had to act so bad, it actually brought the plane down. But there's actually something else behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, can you hear the Spirit of God this morning? I'm in a storm, Brother Timothy. He might just be trying to get you to a certain place. Just be listening for the, the voice of God speaking. Quit listening to all the banging and the thundering and the lightning and the, the chaos all around. Listen for the voice of God. As he talked about that picture, you know, uh, being away from it, Brother Craig said it Wednesday night about being back from it. You saw nothing but angry clouds, but you get up close to it. It was actually angels' wings beating. But what are you listening to? Are you listening to all the thunder and all the racket and all the chaos and stuff whirling around, the pine trees cracking and bricks, plaster falling. It seems like everything's in chaos. Or are you listening for the voice of God? He said, so I, I just went to a hotel and settled down, writing some letters, reading my Bible, praying, going, went to bed. Got a call, said, Reverend, Reverend Brown on the plane, be leaving in the morning at six, seven, at 7 o'clock. The flight will go out exactly at 7. The limousine will pick you up, take you back to the airport. I said, very well. Hung up, finished my mail, prayed, and went to bed. I had put in a wake-up call. Next morning, I got up and thought, I don't want any breakfast. Somehow, it's just a beautiful morning. Sun's out real pretty. I run down real quick and put these letters in the post office. Be back. He said, I was started out with the letters in my hand going to the street. All of a sudden, something said, stop and go back the other way. So, oh, I thought maybe that was just an impression. Why, why would I want to go that way? The letters, I need to go this way. So I just kept water on walking. So it kept getting stronger. Stop. Go back the other way. So I must pray. I, this might be the Holy Spirit. He said, I happened to pass by a shop that had some fish and tackle in it. And I went up in the little doorway there to look at the fish and tackle, or at least act like I was looking at it. And he said, I'd seen this big Irish cop over there giving signals and letting people cross. No one around me bowed my head and said, Lord, was that you speaking to me to go back? Something said, turn, go back. Then I was sure it was God. I believe that people who are born of the Holy Spirit understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. It takes the supernatural to understand the supernatural. The supernatural can never be understood by the natural man. Something just impressing you. Not an audible voice, not a vision. You get that? Not an audible voice, not a vision. Just something impressing you. People are born, see visions and things, but the Holy Spirit works in many different ways. It's just as real, the Holy Spirit, one way or the other. It's all the Holy Spirit working. So I turned and started walking, just kept on walking. Found myself down in the colored district. I looked at my watch, it's 10 minutes after. I was like, oh my, 10 minutes after 7, I missed my plane. But something just kept on going. Said, go and keep on moving. I trusted that same spirit tonight when you're prayed for, whether you're prayed for here tonight, will let you get a vision of Christ's promise to you and just urge you to keep on going. 
Woo! I just kept on moving. You say, well, I can't move one finger. Just keep on moving that finger till you can move a hand, an arm, a leg, and just keep on going and feel a little bit better. Just keep praising. Just keep on going. Don't get off on the sideline. Keep on going. Go on like that. You're going. Just keep being led by the Spirit. That wee little voice, if you just open up your heart, you'll hear it. Oh, hallelujah. We went on down the street, he and I. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He and I, he was leading me along. It was a beautiful morning. The sun was rising. The roses were blooming. The honeysuckle was smelling good. Beautiful morning. I was going along there. I didn't know no more what I was doing than anything. I just started going this way. And he said, led by the Spirit. I thought, oh, my. I missed my plane. Well, I just catch another one. No hurry anyhow. Got three or four days for another meeting. I just catch another one and get out of here. I ain't worried about I'm just walking with him. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I passed by a bunch of little shacks, little colored people living there. My dear, loving, colored friends. Me trying to impersonate this woman's voice. Now I'm trying to make, I'm not trying to make light of your grammar. Mine's worse than yours, he said. But he said, I was singing that little song you Pentecostal people sing. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. And I was going along singing that song, humming it to myself. And I noticed this little lady laid across the gate. Laid like this. Dew on her back. She had this big smile on her face. I looked at her and I stopped talking. And she said, good morning, Parson. I said, how do you do? How do you know I'm a Parson? She said, I knew you was coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, how did you know I was coming? Well, I'll tell you how I was, Parson. Did you ever read that story in the Bible about the Sunamite woman who the Lord gave a baby by a promise that Elijah the prophet gave her? Oh, sure, I'm acquainted with that story. I just preached on it a few weeks ago. Well, I'm that kind of woman. I didn't have any children. My husband and I wanted a baby so bad, and I prayed, and the Lord gave me a baby. And I told him I'd dedicate the baby to him. I've washed it, washed over the washboard, Parson. I've washed, I'm, I'm a washwoman in this district. I raised that boy the best of my knowledge to love the Lord, but he got in the wrong company. He's taking a disease, social disease. We didn't know nothing about no social diseases. Our boy got sicker and sicker. Finally, we got him to a doctor, and there's no hope for him. It's done ate up in, in his bloodstream. He eating up parts of his heart. His blood, his blood can't pump no more. He's dying. He's laying there dying. He said, but I can't stand to see my baby die like that. He's been unconscious for two days now. But I prayed last night, Lord. I said, you give me that baby. And I'm like that Shunammite woman. And that woman said, Lord, where is your Elijah? If I can find myself in that scripture, where's the other part? You can imagine how I felt. I thought, Lord, is this it? I never said a word. I, I just been tour led by the Spirit. I said, my name is Branham. You ever heard of me? No, sir, I ain't never heard of it. I said, how did you know I was coming? So I went to sleep about 3 o'clock this morning. I dreamed that I saw a man coming wearing a little tan suit with a little western hat stuck on one side of his head, had some letters in his hands. So the Lord said, go out and wait for him. And I've been standing here ever since. Woo! She must have believed that was the word of the Lord. At 3 o'clock in the morning, she received that. She didn't wait till the sun got up and said, well, I'll go out. No, if God said it, I'm going to be there when he comes. Hallelujah! 
Yeah, it was a voice in tune with the voice of God. I'll just get it next service. I'll just get it another time. No, it's this morning. It's right now. God is speaking to my heart. I'm going to receive it right now. I've been standing here ever since. I patted her on the back. Her back was wet with dew. So, well, my minister is praying for the sick. She said, well, she said, won't you come in? She opened up that little old gate with a plow point hanging on a chain. I walked in that little hut that morning, little two rooms building, never a house there, no rug on the floor, nothing. Little old poster bed, cracks in the floor, wind sweeping through it. He said, I've been in king's palaces. I've had the privilege of being in some of the nicest homes, I guess, in the world. But I've never felt any more at home in all my life than I did in that little hut that morning. I looked on the wall. It wasn't pinups. It was a little model on our wall. God bless our home. Little old stove sitting in the corner. This poster bed laid a fine-looking man. Looked like he had about 170 pounds, six foot tall. Had a blanket. He's going, oh, oh, it's dark. I said, what's he saying? Parson, he's talking about it's been dark. It's been two days like that. He's been unconscious. He thinks he's on a great sea somewhere, lost in the dark. He's trying to pull a boat to find land. I can't stand to see my baby die like that, Parson. She went over and stroked his head, kissed him, said, God bless Mammy's baby. Great big baby, big, big fellow like that, dying in shame and sin. He was still a baby to her, no matter how much disgrace he was or how he disgraced the family. He said, I think of that sometimes and think if a mother wouldn't forget her suckling baby. And God said, how can I forget you? For your names are engraved in the palms of my hand. So backslider, remember, you can't get away from it. He still loves you. That's why you're here. He's trying to give you another chance. Hallelujah. So I got down on the floor to pray. She got down by the side of his head, and I got down by his feet. I said, Ain't you being the mother, why don't you pray first? And she started praying. She bowed her head. You talking about a prayer? You could tell it wasn't learned in some school. It came from her heart, speaking to God. You could tell she talked to him before. She knew what she was speaking about. And when she got through praying, she wiped her eyes on her apron, and she looked over at me, and I said, I'll pray now, Annie. I put my hand on his feet. I said, Lord, I don't know what to say. Is this why you made me miss my airplane to come down here to pray for this woman's boy? If it is, oh Lord, let it be known that you're God and you'll respect her prayer and her sincerity. And about that time, the big fella says, oh mama, it's getting daylight now. The darkness is going away. In a few minutes, he was sitting on the side of the bed talking to us. I rushed out real quick, thumbed the cab, went to the airport, got to the gate, and it was making the last call for my plane. Amen. God had held the plane on the ground by faith of a little woman that didn't know her ABCs, but knew the voice of God. Hallelujah. Don't you know that same God that'll make all heaven stand still? It'll make everything stand still if you'll recognize the voice of God. So about two years after that, he was getting on a plane to Phoenix, get on a train. So I'd never heard, I never even, going through Memphis, I'd never heard of him anymore. Everybody's been to the Memphis train, coming from the east, pulls in the station like this, going to make about 20 minutes stop. 
said, I wanted to get something to eat. So I grabbed me a couple of hamburgers, stuffed them in my sack to get me along the journey. They jumped off to get me a sack full of hamburgers. Started walking real fast. I heard one somebody say, hello there, Parson Branham. I looked over, and a little old red cap standing there, you know, batting his eyes, come running over to me. Do you know who I am? I, said, I don't believe I do. He said, yes, sir, about two years ago one morning, you came to my house. You came to my house. You're not that boy, are you? He said, yes, I am, and I'm a Christian now serving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're away from God this morning, but it'll be if you'll meet him this morning a couple years from the, down the road, you say, God, I remember two years ago, you came to my house. And I'm serving you. Darkness was upon me, but I heard a voice crying, come back, my daughter. Come back, my son. Come back, come back. Even so, him that thirsts, whoever thirsts, come. Let him come drink. The spirit and the bride say, come. The same Holy Ghost, he said, the same Holy Ghost that led that me down, there's the same Holy Ghost that led you here today. It's led you here not to go back home sick, but to go home well. It's led you here, sinner friend, to go home a Christian, sold out to the things of the world. You backsliders has brought you here today to go back with God. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, Lord, as I think of these experiences of these 30 years of ministry in the field, I don't know tonight where that boy is, but you know. But some of these days when this life is finished for us both, I'll meet him again. Oh, Lord, while it's light, let us walk in the light of the Holy Spirit. For the hour is coming when darkness, gross darkness, will cover the people in the land. But there will be a people who can hear the voice of God. It won't be just some doctrine that tickles their ears. But it'll be something on the inside. Yes, Lord, speak. Speak, my Lord. Speak. Let me hear from you. Is there Samuel here this morning? The voice of God's been saying, Samuel. Listen, that woman put herself in the scriptures, a Shunammite woman. Can you put yourself? The voice has been saying, You've been listening to too many other voices. I'm speaking. I'm ministering. You don't have to wait for another service. You can have it this morning. You can have it right now. You can receive it. Don't just let it tickle your ears. A promise wasn't sent to tickle your ears. It was sent to ignite your heart. Led by the Spirit. There is a voice speaking. God still has a voice. And that voice is not shrouded in some denomination. God speaks for himself. That voice is not shrouded in a bunch of confusion. Is this right, that right? But when that voice speaks, the true seed of God will hear that voice. Say, yes, Lord, I'm coming out of here right now. I'm going to meet you right there. 
I think that's our problem too many times. We put things off to maybe I'll get it another service. But if God's speaking to you, receive it right now. Be like this little woman. Say, you're sending, you're sending it? I'm going to be there to receive it. I don't care how long I've got to wait. I, I'm going to be there to receive it. Listen, receiving the Holy Ghost ain't some, you know, people want you to pray. Pray that I receive the Holy Ghost. Listen, receiving the Holy Ghost is first repenting. We, I can't repent for you. I can't go and make things right for you. I, I can't. It ain't up to me to know if you really repented or not. It's up to God. But if you hadn't received the Holy Ghost, look and see. There ain't nothing wrong with the formula, is it, Brother Joe? It works. Search your life. Die out. Say, God, I want to only hear your voice. There's so many other voices. It's just almost to where you just got a big, I don't know, just gobbledygook. Just voices, 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 voices. Till you go to bed and you just can't hardly shut them out. Come to church and you can't hardly shut them out. It's just pounding and pounding voices from every kind of angle. You need to start trying to find the knobs to them voices. Turn them off. And listen to one voice. Listen to him. It's the one true voice in this hour. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit speaketh. I'm so glad to have an ear. And when I hear that voice and I hear that word... God, I don't want to let none of it fall to the ground. I want to grab a hold of everything. Say, be it unto me according to thy word. Let's bow our hands. Led by the Spirit of God. What are you being led by? What influences your decisions? What influences your thoughts? Somebody come to me about a question or something, you know, Brother Branham had said. So I, I just think it's his opinion. Uh, what do you think about it? I said, well... If you think that's just his opinion, what good is my opinion going to do? And then what really what what you're thinking is just your opinion. Went down and knelt down to pray about it. I told the told the man I said, the boy I'd pray full pray about it. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, Okay, if it's truly just an opinion, what influenced that opinion? What voice influenced that opinion? Went back to the young man and said, let me ask you this question. You say, I'm going to answer your question with a question. You say, is this just Brother Bradham's opinion? You think it's just Brother Bradham's opinion? What do I think about it? I said, I want to ask you, if it's truly his opinion, what influenced this opinion? Could it be that it was the angel God speaking night after night, standing night after night on the platform, could that be what influenced that opinion? 
That was the influence that angel was under, that messenger was under. Then if that's so, what influences your opinion? Because all you got is your opinion. What voice is influencing you this morning? You need to judge those voices by the word. If it's the voice of God, it'll line up to the word of God every time. But if it ain't lining up to the word of God, but it lines up to your own belief system or it lines up to what you think or your opinion, that ain't the voice of God if it ain't lining up with the word. Turn away from those voices. He said, Brother Timothy, I I don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? He said you could have it. Didn't you hear him say you could have it? Receive you the Holy Ghost. Brother Timothy, I don't know about that repenting. I, I don't know about turning away. Well, then you're not ready. But if you're ready, you'll get up whatever hour it is, whatever day it is, and you'll be there saying, Lord, I'm here. I'm waiting on you. Don't refuse the voice that speaks. Don't refuse his voice. As we said, one day his voice will be the only voice to speak. And it'll either say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Entered into the joys of the Lord. Or it'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Oh, God, what voice do we want to hear? What do we want that voice to say? Well done. Well done. You judge your life. I'm not even going to ask for hands to be lifted. It's between you and God. Have you been listening to too many voices? Have you been listening to the wrong voice? Listen to his. Hear what the Spirit has to say. Father, Lord, your word is just settling over our hearts. It's been a warning in every age. Him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Because, Lord, you knew that we that this time we become dull of hearing. Eyes that cannot see, ears that cannot hear. God, may our ears be attentive to your voice. May we hear you, Lord. May we not be so clouded, Lord, with other voices of this life and worries and fears and doubts. Voices of Hollywood, voices of politics, voices, whatever voice that wants to take the place of voice of God. May we not be so clouded with those voices to where we can't hear you speak. Lord, we come to church and we just totally miss it. We totally miss the voice of God speaking because our voice, our mind is so clouded by other things. Lord, help us to tune all those things out. Just get away from them and listen only to you, Lord. Take us back to the word again, to the supernatural workings of the Holy Ghost. Not just in a church building, but in our lives. 
to where we can be led by the Spirit. Grant it, Father, I pray. Lord, you see the hearts here, they're open for you, Lord. May you just continue to deal. In Jesus' name, amen. This is my, is my desire. Oh, let's just worship him. To honor, to honor 